Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is now 7% better. I'm Scott Phillips and he is the straw man. And here's Andrew Ram Page. G'day, mate. How are you? Very good. Very good. 7% better or 6.1% better? It depends how long we wait, apparently. Uh-huh. Depends who you listen to. We will get to that. We are going to talk about a lot of stuff, some macro, some company, and I'm going to have a little bit of a rant at the end because you know what? I just like doing that and, hey, it's a podcast. They can't stop me. Uh, <laughs> mate, uh, before we do go on, though, this straw man thing, I've, I've heard of it. You've mentioned it. Um, what is it again? I'm going to have to send you a brochure or something. <laughs> um, do you have brochures? Yeah. <laughs> no. Do you have a business card? No. Yeah. have for years. Last business card <clears throat> I had was when I joined the Motley Fool in 2000 and. I think in 2012, I had some printed. I've still got three quarters of them. My yeah. title has changed six times since. And who does business cards? It's weird, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I, I, whenever I've had them, I think I've used three and I've just, I've got boxes of them around <laughs> somewhere. Um, I do love that scene in American Psycho, the mm. business card scene. Anyone doesn't know what I'm talking about, Google it. It's such an outstanding scene. Anyway, anyway. Um, we're so a private online investment club. I will look to forward to the. Brochure printed on dot matrix printer. I'm sure it'll arrive by a snail mail very soon. <laughs> Make good private investment company. I like that. That, sound, that sounds exciting. And of course, The Motley Fool uh, does investment advice uh, for retail investors. So if you're interested in either or preferably both, check out strawman.com, check out fool.com.au. Two of the, ver- I think the two very best uh, investment related websites, services, clubs, communities in the country, in the world, in the world. Numbers one and two, enter and I'll fight over who's actually better. Suffice Probably to say, in the Milky a, Way, if you think a, about in it. In the universe, in the, exactly. Yeah. How, many, how many universes? In every parallel universe, we have the two best uh, online investment services or communities. Um, and yeah, as I said, daylight between us and third. So, you know, don't, don't worry, just join them both. Just join them both. Mate, um, 6.1, 7%. We, of course, are talking about inflation. The number is probably burned into people's heads. Um, it's one of those things, mate. I, I've talked about it on a couple of media outlets in the last couple of days because... You know, it's funny. No one, no one wants to talk to us for 10 years, right? Interest rate's going to stay on hold. Everything's fine. Oh, we don't need the finance guys. No one's like, oh my God, interest rate's inflation. You know, it's like, it's kind of like COVID. Some businesses did really well, some did badly. Uh, financial commentary. Oh, do they want financial commentary right now when something's happening? So there <laughs> is that. Uh, it sounds, it, it's almost, it's almost kind of redundant, right? Who doesn't know that fuel is through the roof, you know, food's through the roof, uh, lip, t- timber's through the roof, new houses are through the roof. I mean, these things aren't, new bits of news, but there is something stark about 6.1 in black and white and maybe more troubling, 1.8% for the quarter. Those were the two numbers that were released this week from the Australian Bureau of Statistics, the good old ABS, National Treasure, by the way. Um, Mate, I don't even know if there's a so what anymore. We've talked about it and talked about it talked about it. I think we know that it's going to happen. Uh, It's happening. It's going to keep happening. Rates are going to go up almost certainly. Uh, The smart money is on half a percent next week from the RBA. What do you make of it, mate? Looking at it, seeing it happen, surprised, not surprised, impressed, not impressed. Uh, what's, your, what's your kind of take on inflation and, and rates in Australia at the moment? Yeah, so de- definitely not too surprising. Um, not because I'm some great soothsayer, but, you know, everyone's been saying it for, for ages. It's going to be really scary. And, mm. and we know it. We've had, you know, high freight yeah. costs, yeah. supply constraints. You know, the factories in China are, <laughs> are shut down. Russia's not playing nice with, you know, mm-hmm. fuel prices, all, all of these kinds of things. Yeah. So, so we always knew it was going to be tough. So the narrative, you know, if you go back a little while, the narrative from the, the big central banks were, was always like, well, we know about all of this stuff, but it's just transitory. Supply chain bottlenecks, it, it'll work its way through the system. So we kind of, we 
kind of cop this bit of a bump. Mm. No one, no one likes it, of course. But it's yeah. not a, it's not a, it's not a, um, it's not a permanent feature. And then the narrative then seemed to switch to, okay, maybe it's a little bit, you know, mm. it's got a bit more longevity than than what we thought. Yeah. And now, as we're recording this, I noticed that the Nasdaq was up four percent overnight <laughs> after the Federal Reserve raised uh, interest rates by seventy five basis points, point seven five of a percent. Yeah, huge rise following up uh, what they did last time. They've basically increased interest rates in the last few moves by by. By a level which normally takes two years <laughs> under the normal sort of right. quarter of a percent step ups that, that, well, that they've done. One and a half percent in 32, 33 days. It's a, it's a, they're not mucking around. <laughs> and, you know, and so, so, so now it's sort of like this idea of, well, wait a second. If, if it is more permanent and interest rates are going up, why is the market so happy yeah. with that? Yeah. And you get this really bizarre scenario where it's kind of like, and again, things happen. The media then goes to the quote-unquote experts, and the, the quote-unquote experts, you and I included, mm. would would then try and fit a narrative that makes sense to what we just saw. Mm. Mm. Which do, do you know what I'm saying? So, sort of like had, totally. had they had the had the <clears throat> Federal Reserve done what it had done, <laughs> and markets had fallen, they would have asked the same people who would have with the straight face. Well, it makes <laughs> sense when you think about it, that's right, that's because right. of and, and there'd be absolutely some stories to wrap around that. But as mm-hmm. it turned out, markets went up very strongly. Yeah, and the narratives that that I was reading this morning was just like, mm-hmm. well, it is actually. Um, the the amount of interest rate mm. increases already enough to engineer at, at the very best we hope a soft landing mm. that's going to take a bunch of demand out mm. in which case the the Fed is probably going to switch from this what they call a hawkish stance mm-hmm. there's a more more of a uh, inclination to increase rates yes. to a dovish one and 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 that means that we'll, we'll lower interest well mm-hmm. the the likelihood of even higher interest rates is less, which is good for equity prices because mm. you know there's a there's an inverse relationship as we've talked about many many times yep. before. Lower well, there should be. <laughs> there should I, be. Unless you take unless uh, you take Wednesday night no account, in which case who knows? Throw the rule book out. Well, Maybe. and then and then you're going to say, well, okay, that like that's mm. good, um, but but it but it does still means that we mm. we could mm. potentially mm. be in, in a recession here. Mm. Um, so so it's just. I'm always reminded, I mentioned this the other day, I'm always reminded of the um, scene in The Simpsons where uh, Homer, Homer goes to this uh, uh, this witch doctor or whatever, you know, mm. he buys the monkey paw and he says, you know, he grants you three wishes. Oh, that's good, but it's cursed. Oh, that's bad. But it comes with a with a free frogat. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> the frogat has potassium benzoate. That's bad. So you you... you this is exactly the story. It happens with, with inflation data and markets. It's sort of like something happens. Oh, that's good. Oh, oh but this. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> but, but this. Oh, that's good. So, so this is a very long ramble of me to, to answer your question, sort of saying, what do I make of it? I, mm-hmm. I, I remain nervous um, and I, I remain at the same time, you know, as always perplexed when it comes to the macro because yeah. it's just yeah. so, so difficult to wrap your head around. Yeah. I feel as though, I feel as though um, we, we're probably going to get a little. As, as Jim Chalmers said himself, things are probably going to get a little mm-hmm. bit worse mm-hmm. before they get better. Yeah. And I say all of that knowing at the exact same time that whenever anyone decides to prognosticate on this stuff, they're <laughs> always proven wrong. Yeah. Almost always. So, yeah. so take it. Take all of that with a grain of salt. Matt, that's a really nice summary. I. 
I, I will re- again. Uh, you, you know, I like to to yell into the into the void about the stupidity of markets, and you then say, "Well, who cares? We don't have to play that game." And you're always absolutely right. Um, but again, for the sake of our listeners and for the sake of my sanity, uh, I will say again the stupidity of of as you say the Monday morning quarterbacking of. Of course, this was probably right because of X. Um, in uh, speaking of parallel universe, in another parallel universe, rates went up, markets dropped. Everyone said, "Oh, of course it did because of X." Um, mm. Easy in hindsight to to say um, a waste of time. By the way, I mean you can't explain what the markets did and why they did it. That that almost by definition is true, just by because you know there's there's no other reason that markets would go up because of that whether though it was obvious or um, or forecastable, predictable in in foresight is obviously not true. So mm. you know everything after the fact looks like it was obvious and clear, and that's the lesson mm. to learn. At the time, as we know, they don't go anything like that. So that's that's the big gap. Um, to my mind, I think that's really important. I think it's, you know, again, I've said this before, the COVID crash happened. People waited until COVID finished to invest. If that was true, they're still waiting. They missed out on a 70% odd gain between the bottom of the of COVID and now. The same is probably going to be true of this time around, right? If the market's doing roughly what it does looking forward, these 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 this rate increase was forecasted by the US Fed. To some degree, you know, did I expect the markets would be up? No, I, I'm not going to claim that at all. I have no idea. But what I do think is probable is that the market will probably forerun the actual economic circumstances. By the time we're in a recession, the market's probably already looking past it. Generally happens. Um, just because the economy's tra- falling doesn't mean the, the market should. Uh, because again, think about the, the value of long-term cash flows. If I own a business for the next 10 years and there's a recession in the first of those 10 years, the other one are well and truly worth me owning the business for, again, that upside, right? So it's, it's almost irrelevant. But even if it's not irrelevant, the fact that you know we already know. I mean, some some we talked about tech companies last week. We'll do it again today. Some of those have fallen 30, 40, 50, 60 percent in the expectation of X. That that means it's kind of already priced in. And so at some point, um, by the time you you hear this podcast, we will have made a recommendation at Motley Fool Share Advisor, which um, is a company I think is is very much worth buying. The market has absolutely run ahead of it and gone. We see terrible things ahead. Therefore, the price is down. So firstly. If those terrible times happen, the price was already adjusted for it. If they're not quite that terrible, then there's upside. Mm. It's kind of like you made the point, I think last week, mate, the um, heads, I, heads I win, tars I don't lose much. When the market's mm. already factored in, you know, not exactly Armageddon, but but meaningfully worse economic circumstances, if they happen, okay, well, that's already priced in. If they don't happen, if they're better, well, guess mm. what? There's some upside there. And again, over that 10-year period um, where there might be a recession in the first year, there may not. If there is, the next nine years will be, you know, recovery and growth from there. Um, you know, I would love to buy the, I would love to pick the bottom. I would love to know exactly when share prices bottomed out so I could sell the house and, you know, go, go, you know, go, go all in, triple leverage, blah, blah, blah. But you can't know that. You can't know what's going to happen and when. Uh, all you can do is look at the long-term earning power of a business and say, today's price seems pretty attractive. Like the, the short term is being way, way, way overweighted and the long term is being ignored, that's a great opportunity for us as investors to kind of go fishing. Do you know, a lot of people at the moment are making comparisons with the 70s. We had mm. re- really high inflation, really, yeah. really high inflation. It was mm. a really bad time economically. It, you know, I wouldn't say it's as bad as it could get, but sort mm. of you look mm. over the last 100 years or so, you sort of like the Great Depression sort of sticks out, obviously. Yeah. 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 Um, 70s is sort of up there as this really horrible yeah. sort of period. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing was, is that that doesn't mean that you couldn't have done well as yeah, an exactly. investor. 
Now, people will point mm. out that people love to, you can make any point you want using data mm. <laughs> with share market data. Yep. And so, yes, obviously, if you just like waited till the actual day before everything started, yeah, to go, exactly. like the peak of the month, and you measure <laughs> exactly. from there, you know, and, yep. and you, 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 you're going to always get a poor story. But if you look, yeah. the one, one, the, the one way to account for that is just saying, yeah, but what if I just, I'm just regularly always drip saving and dribbling oh, in, save, so, totally. you know, yeah. it, gosh, that smooves that kind of stuff out. Mm, so am yeah. I going to sit here and tell you that, yeah, the 70s was a great time to invest? No, there's much better times to invest mm, mm. Um, than, than that. But the point is, is that you you still, comparatively to, to mm, other mm, investment mm. options, you actually still did pretty well. Yeah. More to the point, just by being there, you were there for when th- the sentiment <laughs> did turn. So yeah. for people who sort of say, put myself in this camp. I mean, mm, I'm, as mm, I said mm. to you before, I'm a little bit nervous. It feels like mm. on the macro front, things are pretty scary, mm. but I'm still invested, right? Because, yeah. well, what else am I going to do? Yep. Um, you know, especially with high inflation, my money's just losing, by definition, my money is <laughs> losing right. value. Right? So yes. I've, got to, yeah, I've, got to, yeah. I've got to do something with it. Yep. Yep. And, and um, uh, uh, so I think relatively mm, I'll mm. get okay returns mm. and I will be guaranteed, by virtue of just being there, I will be guaranteed mm. to be there when we do hit the bottom. Mm. And, and going forward, I'll, I'll enjoy all of the ride up. Not because I mm. timed it, just because I was, I was there. Because <laughs> I had to be there just by, just by continuing dribbling in. And it, it's, 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 I don't know. I, there's, there's a lesson to, to be had by that. I, I would probably... F- this is maybe hubris more than anything else. I would probably sort of say when we look at a lot of these periods, we look at the market. So we look <laughs> at these broad-based indices. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think you can tilt things in your favor by being just really selective with the kind of companies that you buy. So you and I do yeah. as stock pickers, yep. right? Yep. And it, it, it's kind of like within every block of marble, there's a statue of David, right? So it's not so much about trying to, <laughs> trying to, trying to pick the, the best stocks per right. se, but just starting with that block of marble, which is the market, yeah, and just yeah. chipping away all the crap. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of stuff that just like, okay, well, I don't want mm-hmm. that. And mm-hmm. that, that's got heaps of debt and a really yeah. uncertain business model. And, you know, you, you, you kind of, through admission, mm-hmm. you, you, I would say you can tilt the odds even further in your favor. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of annoys me a little bit when these tough times come. There's a lot of sort of people get asked, oh, what, what should investors do in these times? And, and, and people will rightly say, we'll focus on companies with, with um, strong balance sheets mm-hmm. and uh, decent operating <laughs> cash flows and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, which is all true. But it's like, I would mm-hmm. say that's true in the good times yeah. as well, right? Yeah. So I, well, just, keep, just yeah. keep doing it. Just keep doing it. And you'll, you'll roll with the punches and, and overall you'll do well. It's, just, it's the same boring story we always say, but it's true. It kind of is. I, a couple of thoughts, mate. First, I think, so two, a couple of things. I want to just balance that a little bit by saying if you pick individual stocks, you absolutely can outperform. You can also underperform if you get it wrong. Oh, so the range yep. of outcomes is wider and we just need to, to kind of be clear about that. As you say, you, you pick stocks, I pick stocks. Uh, but over time, you know, if we win, someone else loses by definition because the market's it's not zero sum, it goes up. But it's a zero average game, if you like, or, or you know, it is an average game. So if someone outperforms, someone must underperform literally by definition because that's what averages are. So worth worth calling that out. Um, yep. One other thing that I think is, is just worth highlighting too is because we are picking stocks, but because we're picking stocks for the long term, it's also probable, I think probably probable is the right, the right word, that our returns will diverge from the market potentially meaningfully, potentially in both directions or potentially for long periods of time. So I, I, I'm going to use it again because it's just too easy not to. If you look at Amazon, it's fallen to 50% more than I think two dozen times in its 25-year history. The total return is phenomenally good, but for large periods of time, 
you look like an idiot for holding Amazon and you probably felt like an idiot and you probably felt like you were losing money and your portfolio was down and all that stuff was going badly. And, you know, for a, you look back now and go, ha ha, see, told you, 25 years, I'm, I'm a squillionaire. But, you know, two dozen times during that, like, roughly once a year, it was like, you're wrong again, you're wrong again, you're an idiot, this time it's going to crash. You know, look at your performance versus the market, you're losing to the market again. And so I just mm-hmm. want to call it out too because mm-hmm. it is, you have to take on meaningful amounts of actual, I'll say potential, but it ends up being actual pain, psychically, emotionally, financially, you know, mentally, whatever else goes with that. Because you are, if by definition, trying to beat the market, you are trying to be different to the market. And when the market zigs, if you're zagging, sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. Overall, over time, if you get it right, for every Amazon or Berkshire Hathaway, or even the CSLs and Commonwealth banks, if you bought them at, at, you know, at, at listing, you made a squillion dollars doing that. But there were times when it's gone really badly for even long periods of time. And you just yeah. have to know that's part of the story. You are ab- you're absolutely, t- even if you don't know you are, you are choosing to take on more risk, more volatility, more, you know, longer periods of just really awful returns. And when I say awful, I mean financially, but again, emotionally, mentally, like just that, those really taxing times when the market's saying, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, you're an idiot. It's really hard to be able to stop and say, nope. I'm just wrong for now. The market, yeah, I will be right in time. And so tempting to try and you know do short-term moves, short-term trades and pick the bottom and pick the top and sell stuff to make the pain go away. You've just got to, you've really got to, it's in for a penny, in for a pound. You've got to commit to the process. Yeah. It sounds a little trite to say it, but it's kind of like, well, why are you wrong? So yeah. Y- yeah, you are wrong. You are wrong if you said, I'm buying this because I think the share price is going up in the next 12 months. Right. And right. it didn't. Well, obviously you're wrong because yep. that didn't happen. Yeah. But if you're, if what you were saying was actually, I think this is a really decent business that mm. over the next three, five, ten years will will grow by a very attractive rate, you know, yeah, above yeah. above above the economic average, yep. and I think I'll do very well. I think they'll yep. generate lots of free cash flow for shareholders that I'll get to participate in, mm-hmm. um, and I think that the market will just do all kinds of crazy things in between. <laughs> in the meantime, but, yeah, exactly. but as Ben Benjamin Graham said, I think yeah, yeah. you know long long term weighing machine, short term yes, voting machine that correct. that. The, the sheer gravity of mm-hmm. a company whose whose cash flows just grow and grow and grow. It just it, it, there's well, I've just never ever seen an example ever, <laughs> correct? Like literally ever in yeah. any market that you yeah. point at where there's been material consistent earnings growth. Mm-hmm. So 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 long as the company wasn't priced at some stupid you know three thousand times sales or something, you know, things yeah. that just virtually never happen. Yeah. You're almost always going to in fact always you're mm-hmm. always going to get over enough period of time yeah. when that when those two scenario when that scenario is true i.e. that the, the cash flows are just growing at a very attractive mm-hmm. rate mm-hmm. you almost never do badly you can yeah. probably do better at certain times and worse at others but over time it, it's just really incredible so so are you wrong and um, mm-hmm. i did the exercise for strawman just recently we took our top 20 companies by um by v- value held across our member portfolio okay yeah and i i did a chart i said 12 month price change so, you know, Point Terra was down 50% over the last year. Uh, Ordinate, down 12%. Alcidian, down 60%. You know, mm. just, to, just to pick a few out there. And so, well, what's <laughs> the, the big, actual yeah, business yep. done? Well, Point Terra has grown its annual recurring mm, revenue mm. by 106% over the same mm, period of time. Ordinate's seen its revenue uh, jump by 20%, the loudest full year results. During, by the way, during, during again, some very difficult times mm. <laughs> in the economy. Mm. Um, Alcidian just had their results out yesterday. They had a 31% growth 
mm. in their annual revenue. It's sort of like there's massive disconnects there. Mm. Now, as you have you rightly pointed out before, that that doesn't mean that the share price maybe the share price was right to come down because there, there was there was too much optimism in the price. So despite the improving fundamentals, yep, things yep. got ahead of themselves. And I think there's some degree of truth with a lot of that. Mm. But it's just an important contrast to make. I think is is that. If, if there wasn't this thing called the share market, if these were private businesses and once a year the CEO came to report to you as the, the outright owner of the business and said, hey, Scott, um, last year we doubled our revenue or we grew it by 20%, you'd be great. I, I am happy to be the owner of this business. Please please go away and do that and come back in another 12 months and report the same thing if you can. <laughs> right? yeah. uh, you, you'll be very happy. It's just yeah. that you have this annoying person called Mr. Market who taps <laughs> taps his finger on your shoulder yeah. every day going, oh, by the way, it's worth a bit less. Oh, now it's worth a bit more. Now it's worth a bit less. You know, it's, that's, that is, if there was one thing I could say that di- distinguishes the successful investor from the poor, it's the mm-hmm. ones that can ignore that that annoying tap of the shoulder. And it's Terrific. not easy, but if you can do that, I think just, you've got such a massive edge. And that's and that's spot on, and that's and that's exactly when I say wrong, I'm doing it in air quotes, absolutely, because it is the market telling you you're wrong rather than actually being wrong. As there mm. are some, and this is, <laughs> we, we humans are our own worst enemies. We're just we're just dumb, right? We're just not that. We're not that. Well, you know, what, we're really we're too smart. Actually, is the problem because there are people who say, well, I am wrong by definition because I could have got it at a cheaper price, or I could have bought it later, and so therefore there is a cost to me having owned shares at a higher price rather than buying them at a lower price. See so that you know I could have bought them cheaper, therefore I bought them too ex- too, too expensively, therefore I'm wrong. And it's kind of, on one level, it's absolutely 100% undeniably true. On the other hand, it is such a useless waste of time, self-flagellation exercise where, you, you, you know, it's, it's, just, it's just not very helpful. And there's kind of those things, you know, it's, it's it, the, again, I've said this before, Joe Mager, a former colleague of both of ours, who, who said to me, I don't think it's his line, but he says, well, do you want to be right or do you want to make money? Yeah, because that, that's literally all that matters, right? If you've got a process that yeah. makes money, even if for periods of time the shares tra- trade for less than you bought them for, you know, are you wrong in air quotes? Well, like at, at one level, by definition, absolutely. You could have bought them cheaper. Yes, you're wrong. You, you, you've lost money. Uh, you know, if the, and if if making money is the goal, if you're losing money, then you, you're wrong. And you could have sold or bought something else or whatever. But that kind of navel gazing micromanagement is just so corrosive to long term returns. It is just, and you've you said this. I'm just repeating what you've said. But yeah. it is just, it is so stupidly corrosive and such a waste of time people still do it because they can't help themselves because they're trying to be too smart or too clever by half or and some people for the right reasons right some people say what can i learn from this and you know i've said this for a million years to, to the, the motley full investment team i've said it for a dozen years be careful of learning the wrong lessons mm. right be careful of what it is you think you're learning because if you learn again in air quotes that you bought for too high a price next time you might buy the shares mm. and next time those shares may go up and keep going up forever or maybe you, you you delay making your trades and, and actually putting money to work. And as you said, mate, even though it feels terrible right now, the market is, I, I'm, I'm going to say, as certain as I can be about anything other than death and taxes, is going to go up over time. How long, how far, how quickly, for how long, with what drops, I don't know. But over time, that right direction um, is, is the key thing. It's like, you know, don't try and be right on the little things. Be right on the big things because that's kind of what matters, right? Don't, don't get the zigs and zags right. Get the 10-year direction right. If you do that, that, that's the only game that counts, right? As many wrongs or rights as you have daily, monthly, weekly, the benefit is, is super, super long-term compound returns. Mate, um, I think, I think we've, probably, we've probably done it to death, um, but, it, but it's an important one because we talked about tech stocks last week, as I said, and we talked about the fact that you know, tech companies have kind of got religion 
uh, Zip share price, I want to say it's up, I think it's been up like 15 or 20% throughout the last four or five days in a row. Um, it's an extraordinary rise from a very, very, very low point. Don't worry, <laughs> don't worry. But it might have it might have gone up like 150 percent in the last week or two, something like mm-hmm. that. Like stupid, stupid growth. Um, and I'm kind of I'm kind of conflicted here, mate. <laughs> on one hand, you know, good on Zip for getting religion and, and realizing that it can't keep losing money. It's got to do something differently and whatever, whatever. On the other hand, to the, your point about being right and wrong, Zip's abandoning growth plans to make Mr. Mm. Market happy. And yeah. look, maybe they would have run out of cash. Maybe they had to. I don't want to make this about Zip necessarily. I don't know the business well, well enough to have a really, really key, um, you know, detailed view on it. On one hand, yes, share price is now going up because companies have gone, okay, we'll pull our horns in. We'll manage for cash now, manage for profit. And, you know, again, we say, should you always manage for profit? Yes, you should. But I'm, I, 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 I do wonder out loud, those, you know, if you're Warren Buffett or you're David Dicker from Dicker Data or you're, I don't know, pick, pick whichever founder you, you love and, and respect, do you want them? pulling their horns in so the share price will go up for a bit now? Or do you want them making investments that are going to help them dominate the market over the next three, five, seven, and 10 years? Because I'm, you know, I, I don't want companies spending stupid amounts of money. I don't want them going broke. There's no point if they run out of cash then whatever plans they had, no matter how well-formed, go to zero. But I don't know, mate. I, I, part of me, you know, if you're a Zip shareholder, you're like, oh, thank God the share price is going up. And I get that feeling. But that's almost exactly what we just talked about. <laughs> you know, Mr. Market is happy again. Mm. But it's going to have to come almost by definition at the expense of long-term growth. If those plans were, were, were valid, and by the way, maybe a few companies are learning that maybe they shouldn't have those outlandish plans and maybe pulling their horns in will save them from themselves. But there'll be mm. some, surely, that actually go, I've, I've just sacrificed long-term value. We're going to be worth less in five years' time because we want to be worth more now. We want, we want to be priced higher now. Uh, what's your thought? Am I too cynical? Is it the right thing to do for them to cut costs? Where, where do you kind of find yourself? Yeah, so look, I don't know a uh, hell of a lot about uh, Zip, right. but it is, a, it is a difficult situation. So I, for starters, I think that there is a lot to be said for a management team and a board that can just say to the market, with all due respect, you know, <laughs> yeah, bug, bugger exactly. off. You know, exactly. as, lo- as yeah. long as they are clear on their vision and their strategy, yeah. and they have yeah. communicated that well, yeah, and, um, they, and they can raise cash, <laughs> well, and they can enough r- cash to make it happen. Yeah. Well, I think I think to a large degree, businesses get the shareholders they deserve, which is why I think, again, with all due respect, anyone who's in the industry, like I think a lot of in- <laughs> investor relations work and money is just a waste yeah. of time because you can yeah, tell yeah, a good yeah. story and, and 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 do what you like to try and get the share price up. Yep. You know, um, yeah, okay, great. That that's sort mm-hmm. of good, particularly if you're trying to raise money at that at that point in time. But like the mm-hmm. only thing that really talks over time is actually business performance. It's so hard I'll to get- do too to keep to keep that. Like once you create the expectation, once you push the price up, whatever artificial and I say that respectfully. Yep. I, don't, I don't mean illegal. I don't mean necessarily immoral. Although you can take your argument on that either way. But whatever you've done to say, hey, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this, pay attention to me over here, over here, yep. you're going to keep those those people you attract who are attracted by the lights and the, the noise and the fireworks. It's like when that stops, they're going to go somewhere else unless you keep that going. And then so what you increase the price by 3, 5, 7, 10, 15%, you're then working a million miles an hour forever to keep the price there because as soon as you let that go, you let the air out of the balloon, it's like they're gone again. They're the first people to go because mm-hmm. they... they, they, they um they're there for a for a good time, not a long time, you know. And so it's sort of it's anyway. So I think a good example I, I was mentioning the other day was with a company, a really tiny company, eighty million dollars or so, um, called XRF Scientific. So they they do um, 
provide testing solutions for mining companies. So you want to know what the grade of the copper that you're digging out of the ground is, et cetera, et cetera. It's a lovely little business. It's it's family or sort of founder-led and run, uh, at mm. least it was for, for the longest time. And mm. there was a period in 2018 where shares hadn't really done anything for a, for a while. In fact, okay. from 2014, they'd gone from 30 cents all the way back to under 20 cents, about 15 cents or so. Okay. And, and what the business was doing... Um, particularly around the end of that period, they were spending a lot of money. So the fundamentals didn't look mm. great in terms of a cash flow perspective. Yeah. But the question here wasn't that, okay, there's not as much money coming in, they're not as profitable. It's mm. what are they spending mm. that money that they are yeah. making on? <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. So this is, this is to your point. So what they yeah. were actually doing was they were doing some, uh, a lot of product development, some strategic bolt-on acquisitions, Mm-hmm. And they're doing this with a vision of, of how this plays out over the coming years, not next yeah. quarter, not next year. Yeah. The market, yep. of course, yep. is going, oh, this business hasn't done anything for ages. <laughs> oh, in fact, they've just told us that earnings are going to be flat for this year. Oh, this is a terrible business and they got out. Now, between then and now, um, the business has gone from $0.16 cents up to $0.60. Cents. And that's not just because the market is in a good mood. In fact, we know that the market's in anything but a good mood at this point in time. Um, the, the, the fundamentals of the business, the earnings of the business have just exploded. And that didn't happen by accident. That happened through all of, that happened through all of the investment that they were making yeah. over that, that yeah. period of time. Yeah. So here's the question with, with, right. with, with Zip. So, okay, oh, everyone's worried about us burning cash flow. Let's not do that. Let's not make these investments anymore. Now, the fundamentals are going to, well, you know, the, the, the reported numbers in terms of profitability, mm. cash flows are going to look a lot better. Well, obviously, they are because you're going to cut a whole bunch of costs out. <laughs> and the market's going to go, yay, that's great. But, but what does that do to the potential yeah. for the business three, five years down the track? Now, I'm again, right, which I want to concern. Exactly. I don't want to say that this is the right or wrong. I don't know the business yeah. well enough. I don't like yeah. the space in general. It's never really something that's attracted me that, that much. But the, mm. the argument here is, and I know this is what you're making, is, is just that this could be entirely the wrong thing to do. If this is a genuinely <laughs> yeah. new area of the market with a mm-hmm. huge land grab opportunity, which is likely to only have two or three major sort of players, and they've got a very reasonable chance of being one of those major players. Mm. Spend like spend like a drunken <laughs> sailor. Yeah, as long as as long as those that money yeah, is yeah. the question. I guess what I'm trying to say is the question isn't mm. how much are you spending on your mm-hmm. investment cash flows mm-hmm. on your on your capital expender. It is it is what are you spending it on, yeah. and if you are spending that or there should I say investing that sensibly, <laughs> that is yeah. an absolutely brilliant thing to do even if it means you're going to report cash flow negativity for longer than otherwise would be the case yeah and i think that uh, and that is in a nutshell i guess the challenge and here's the thing for investors right if you own i'll give you zip i know you don't know particularly well if you own zip you own it because in theory well well you might own it for many different reasons if you're if you're a long-term investor and you should be and you have done your research and you should have then you're, you're buying a business because you believe this, these guys are building a successful long-term buy-now-pay-later business. And yeah. whatever they're doing is the right strategy, otherwise you wouldn't own the shares, mm-hmm. and you're expecting that will bear fruit. So anything that, anything, short of we're going to run out of cash, oh my God, let's you know, mm. <laughs> pull out all stops. Yeah, we've got no hatches. choice. Yeah. Right, which is, which is possible. And again, I'm not talking about Zip specifically, but other than that, anytime they say, market's unhappy with this, let's stop spending, see if we can make the market happy again, you are doing exactly what you just talked about with the IR guys, the investor relations guys, by saying, let's actually cut you know, long-term growth, long-term value creation to satisfy some short-term sugar hit that the market wants. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it is the... You know, it, you know, and this goes back to what we were saying before. It's hard to be unpopular. Yeah. right? It sucks to be unpopular. 
And I got to say too, mate, for all of, and this is where I have a little bit of sympathy for CEOs that just to kind of nuance your point a little bit, you do get the shareholders you deserve. But if you don't get the shareholders you deserve, then the shareholders get the CEO they deserve because you get the result. Yeah. And yeah. I do have some sympathy for, at the end of the day, a professional CEO who says, you've hired me to run your company. You are the owners. I will do what you want. If you've got three quarters of your shareholder base saying, hey, dude, you need to stop this or we're going to fire you. It's like, okay, sure. You're, you're in charge. You're the, you're the boss. Mm-hmm. You know, I work mm-hmm. for the board. The board represents the shareholders. I've been told by my board to conserve cash. You know, so I, as much as we talk about the CEO, I think it's the board and, and frankly, it's the shareholder base. And I guess to, to take that full circle, it's also why A, founder shareholders with large shareholdings tend to be good as a matter of course, but it's also why your fellow shareholders matter. If you're going to buy shares in a hot stock because it's hot and you, your fellow shareholders are the same sorts of people, then you kind of, you know, it, it's, not a, it's not a high grade question. It's not a first order question to ask when you're buying shares. But if you're, you know, if you look around at the board or the management or even the other shareholders and say, this is what they want, am I sure I'm in the right place? You know, if, you, if, you've, if you've jumped onto a stock when it's gone up 4,000% because the rampers on, you know, internet chat forums, which will remain nameless, have pushed it up like that, and then they all desert the thing and your shares fall, it's like, well, I, I, I don't know what more you expected. Now, again, I'm not blaming people. Sometimes naivety, you're simply not, you don't know. It, these, these things are kind of, you and I know this because we've been around for a few years. But, but you kind of got to, you know, careful which CEO you choose, careful which board you choose, and careful which shareholders you choose. Yep. Because, you know, plenty of people have been calling for years for Warren Buffett to pay a dividend. He simply says, no, I'm, I'm actually okay. I can, I can generate some cash flow. Now, at some point, they will pay a dividend. But for now, Buffett's in charge. He's doing a good job and let him do his thing. Some people want that. They shouldn't be surprised when Buffett says no and everyone goes, yeah, we agree with Warren. It's like, he's Warren Buffett. Like, I appreciate you want some dividends, but you're never going to get them. Yeah. On the flip side... If you're in some hot tech thing that's gone up through the moon because of some super promotional, um, uh, you know, investor presentations, yes, on one level, the CEO probably, maybe, shouldn't have done it. On the other hand, that's the business you bought into. Don't don't be surprised when things play out. You know, um, what's the what's the old thing about the frog and the, was it the frog and the snake and the frog says it's in my nature. Oh, kind the of scorpion. Yeah. There we go, Scorpion and the Frog. It's in my nature. It's like that's you, you kind of get what you get, right? Don't expect people to change what they want just because you bought shares. I, I, absolutely, mate. And I think another thing another thing that we need to – we've done it already this episode, but I need to mm-hmm. tease it apart again because Zip, Zip is such a great example of this. And, yeah. I, and, and again, just caveat here, I don't know the business <laughs> well and I don't own the business and I'm not likely yeah, to own the yeah. business. But let's, let's take the share market out of the equation here. Mm-hmm. We've got a business that in 2015 didn't make any money. They didn't have a product, yeah, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. In the first year of, of, of them having a commercial product, they made $4 million. That was in 2016. Mm, mm, mm. Then they quadrupled it. Then they doubled it. Then they doubled it again. <laughs> then they doubled it again. Then they more than doubled it yeah. last year, yeah. almost yeah. $400 million in revenue. If you're pro rata the most, most recent <laughs> fourth quarter, they're going to more than double it again this year. Yeah. So benefit yeah. of the doubt here. It, mm, mm. If, if this was your and my business that we started up in our garage <laughs> yeah, yeah. and we're catching up at our next school reunion and people say, how are you doing? It's like, oh, in the last seven years, we've grown a business from zero to $620 million in revenue. Mm. No one is going, you idiots, what have you done? <laughs> exactly. Oh, but we've bled some cash along the way, but we're building a global brand here. And, you know, we're Just so like, we're clear, we're- those are the straw man numbers, are they? You're, you're talking, talking about? <laughs> I wish. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> but do you know what I mean? It, it's kind of like, well, I'll say this. Yeah. Strawman, Strawman is profitable, so we're, we're making hey, more. We're making more money than Zip. Uh, <laughs> that, that that in itself is actually quite. I mean, as, as much as I know you're saying that for a laugh, 
It's also worth stopping, right? Because I love it. Ha ha, hang on. <laughs> Think about how much money people, shareholder cash, whatever else is going to that. It's like, so... so there's, there's something to that. I'll leave it alone, but there's something but, to look, that. But, but, but at the same time, would <laughs> so the market is now saying, by the way, as we're talking on mm, Thursday mm. morning, I noticed shares yeah. are up 19% on top of what, what you were already saying. Yeah, um, yeah. Anyway, the market's saying this is an $850 million company. I'll tell you right now, straw man's not worth that much. <laughs> and I'll tell you right now that this isn't this is an anomaly because, because, and again, benefit of the doubt here, mm-hmm. this has the potential, even though it is hemorrhaging cash at this yeah. point in time, the the, the business is pre- value is predicated on the sum of all of its future cash flows. Lots of yep. cash going out the door now and since inception. Yep. We run this forward till the end the end of days. There might be a lot of cash gushing in. Even when we account for the time value of money and we discount that back appropriately, it's probably, again, benefit of the doubt, the the argument Mm -hmm. from the bulls would be it's going to be highly highly kind of positive. (laughs) And this is is the point. So if if I am taking this this bullish scenario here, Mm -hmm. who is wrong and who is right? Well, in, in the way that I've painted it, the market was wrong in early 2021 saying that this was worth $14 a share. You know what I mean? It's sort of like so. So what's actually happened? It was it was a, a potentially a great business with all the future, bright future in the world, with the market just putting ridiculous expectation on it that was never able to live up to. You know, and 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 yep. now it's and now and then and then the pendulum swung back. It was like okay, that was silly. And then I went to six, and then I went to four, and then I went to two, and then it got all the way down to like forty cents. And then at some point, someone's yeah, gone, yeah. Uh, okay, I know this has got some tears on it, but this is really cheap. You know, um, and so it's it's that whole thing of price is what you pay, value is what you get. And yeah. again, I don't want to say, oh, now it's right. Now's the time to buy in. But it, it <laughs> emphasizes the point that on the way up, every man and his dog, and I say I use that gendered term deliberately because it's, yeah. it's usually the idiot guys like us <laughs> that, are, that, are, that are piling say, You're probably being more unfair to dogs than, than blokes just quite. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's just like, and yeah. then and then it's it's these it's these people on forums are kicking yeah. and screaming, it's unfair, it's, you know, this is an evil company. Rah, rah. I'm like, no, you piled in, you bought this thing at ridiculous mm-hmm. levels. Why? Because it was a sexy story <laughs> and the share price was going up. That's why, let's be honest, that's why yeah. you did it. Yeah. And and that is not the company's fault, you know. Maybe it, it might. You can probably put some blame on the on companies that like are out there making ridiculous um, mm. comments and, and all the rest mm. of it. But mm. I, I think I think it's just worth emphasizing all of this yep. this kind of stuff here in the context that matters and that always matters and that will always matter is what is the business doing? What do you think it's likely to do in the future? And what's a sensible price to pay for that? And you so get those three true. things right, you're okay, right? I think that's all true. What I, the only thing I want to add is that doesn't necessarily describe any sort of short-term movements at whatsoever. The, the three things you just talked about sure. are the things that matter for long-term wealth creation and market-beating performance. In yep. the short term, I think I, honestly, Matt, I think the Zip story for the last 18, 24 months, I think has been ninety-nine percent sentiment and one percent business. Oh yeah, for sure. Really honestly, hundred percent. So, you know, and I know I, you're not totally saying agree. that. I'm not disagreeing with you at all. But just yeah. there is some sense of like, for all saying, well, that's obviously what matters to the share price. And it just we need to add the words in the long term or over the long term because in the short term, Zip has been a story of just I think pure hot money and sentiment. Right? Yep. Goes to goes to I think ten bucks at one point. It falls to forty cents. And fourteen dollars. Fourteen dollars it got to. And what really changed over that period of time? Not all that much. Maybe people thought legitimately it was going to be profitable more quickly. Maybe. 
The reality is it's got more to do with the fact that it was overhyped in the first place. Then it was overhated. I don't know what it's worth. Maybe it's worth a cent. Maybe it's worth $100. Maybe it's worth nothing or, or you know, whatever. But the, 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 the moves over the last 18 months, 24 months, got more, much, much more to do. Yeah. I'm not saying they can't do well from here despite that. I'm not saying they can do badly. They can't do badly from here despite that. I'm just saying right now, if you look at the, the, the share price movement, this is what I was saying before about it being such a hard thing to sit and watch because, you know, <clears throat> I, I've not been an Afterpay fan forever. <clears throat> Some people have done it, done really well. Uh, the, the argument when Afterpay sold to Square or Block, whatever it was called then, was, ha-ha, look how well I've done, I'm a genius, I was right. And again, it's like being wrong that you talked about before. Were you right because the shares up? Well, I guess some. If you, if you bought it at a dollar, you sold 150 bucks. Well, good luck to you. You've made a lot of money. Oh, I'm not going to tell you the money's not real. It's real. But if you look at the response, were you right or were you just very, 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 very bloody lucky? Mm. I'm going to say it's the latter, mate. Because if Afterpay was still listed today, I'm just going to say it'd be a $10 stock. If I, if I just speculate wildly, maybe yeah. 20 I don't know. It's, mm. it, it doesn't matter. Mm. My, my guess is as good as anyone else's. Yep. But if it's for 150 to 20 Oh, look how badly it's done. Instead, they got lucky, got an offer from a, you know, it's, as they say, it's better to be lucky than smart mm-hmm. uh, in, in investing in finance. Uh, I, I don't know, mate. I, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a hell of a journey. Um, I'm not regretting anyone the money they made after pay. Good luck to them. But, you know, sometimes you can just get stupidly lucky and good luck to you if you do, but don't mistake that for smarts or for, you know, being right um, any more than, than falls necessarily make sure you're wrong or tell you you're wrong. No, I, I, I think I think all of that that makes a, a huge amount of sense. You could say the same thing with 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 dog based cryptocurrencies. You know, I was like, what the hell <laughs> totally was going right. on there? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. That was ridiculous. Some people made yeah. a fortune of just yeah. through pure luck. Um, same, with, same with Bitcoin. It's I mean, <laughs> anyway. different. different. <laughs> <laughs> Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. I. I'm going, I'm going to make some outlandish statements. You're going to say you don't necessarily agree with me and we go from there. But that's what we do on this podcast. So I'm going to, I'm going to let fly. Um, I've, I've, co- I've talked about ethical investing before. You know my views on that. I am going to just make mention of a little company selling a really, really hateful uh, product that many people would say wouldn't touch with a barge pole. The company, of course, is Whitehaven Coal. And their shares have tripled in the past 12 months. And I'm not saying that it's not dirty money. I'm not saying that it deserves to go up. I'm not saying that... I'm not making any value judgment at all. That's almost the point. My point is simply that the shares have tripled despite all of the ESG concerns that people had. And maybe in the long term, we've just talked about long term and short term and one year and not one year. Maybe this is the high point. Maybe it never gets this point again. Maybe they were lucky. Maybe they were smart. Whatever else is true. I just wanted to highlight the fact that, you know, for all of, for all of the expectations people are too quick to assume that just because they have a value judgment on something that that reality must bend to that will right i don't like coal therefore over time it must be true that eventually i'll be right because dot 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 and maybe they even will be there's just and i i love i love magical thinking like there's something special it's like you know people start businesses like you right there's gonna be some magical thing of like I think I can leave a, a, a well-paid job, take a massive risk and see if I do okay. Now you've done spectacularly well and, and I think that's awesome, right? But the kind of there's there's some suspension disbelief at some point during that process. And I think ESG investing can be a little bit the same. I'm not saying buy coal stocks. I don't own it. I'd never own Whitehaven, I don't think, for lots of different reasons, including the fact that I don't think I can forecast the price, but I also don't love the idea. I just, I just don't want to own it, so that's fine. Um, I just want to make the sense there is no universal law that says ESG companies must 
be market beating or that people companies that do bad and air quotes things must somehow lose because that's the way the universe should bend and that that's how the that's what the outcome should look like and i'm not dancing on anyone's esg grave i'm not if you don't know what happened you buy something else it's gone down i'm not saying you deserve it or you're wrong or anything i'm just saying just just there are two very different questions the first question is simply what are the commercial realities of this business and then secondly do i want to own it and the two can absolutely be 100 percent different uh, you know, Smith & Wesson could be the very, very best company in the world. I'm never going to own Smith & Wesson. I don't want to own those shares because I just don't. But that's different from the... And I'm, I'm going to talk about the, the greenwashing here that happens with fund managers and others who who make the claim that somehow they are on the side of the of, of good and that somehow investing your money with them will, will make things better. And I just, you know... Whitehaven Coal's tripled. You could have bought Whitehaven Coal 12 months ago, sold it, recouped your original investment and donated a truckload of money to charity and that would have had a squillion times more benefit than saying, I don't buy Whitehaven Coal because I buy something else instead. So, you know, it's not... I said, I don't hate it. I, I, I desperately... I, I love to Whitehaven Coal goes broke very, very soon because the world stopped using coal. That'd be, make me very happy. Uh, but it's not going to just because I want it to be true and the, the kind of idea of like, just let's hope it happens is just not enough, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I, I don't. I don't disagree with any of that. The the idea there is such a subtle argument, real or, or debate to be had, but it does mm. it does just get dumbed down and sort of very first level kind of thinking that, oh, that, that goes around it. Yeah, so yeah. so so what you're saying is just because all of that doesn't mean you can't go well. And I go, yeah, that's that's patently true. I, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah. And some people say, yeah, but I just don't want to invest in that <laughs> yeah. because for yeah, the same reason that you don't want to invest in Smith and Weston, you know, totally, it's kind of, totally. and that, and it's not, there's not a right or wrong. It's that's what you think, then that's what you think, and yep, and you totally. you can't argue that. Um, so yeah, I, I, my my only, I think the the point I've only ever made is is mm-hmm. that these ESG things, as stupid as they are in a lot of ways, because they are so subjective. You know, <laughs> what yeah. Tesla got kicked out of one of those index? Foods. I know. You know, and it's kind of like, what isn't, and, and there are oil companies that are in some of those, yeah. co- co- you know, what, how is that? So it's yeah, really totally, subjective. Totally. It's really hard. Yep. It's, yep. it's, 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 it's kind of silly. And the, really yep. what it's done, if I'm being a little bit conspiratorial here, there's just been a whole industry that's sprung up around it because now oh, there's a totally. bunch of consultants that can sort of yep. do all this stuff. It's just like. And funds who charge double and triple the price because they've got an ESG filter. It's like, uh, uh, speaking of ethical. Is it ethical yeah. to charge a squillion percent more for, for an ethical fund? I, I, I know. It's like, it's somewhere in the universe, something's breaking, right? When someone, when they make that claim, it's like your head's got to explode somewhere. 100%. 100%. I guess my only point is is that when there is that stink on a company, it just makes yeah. it a little bit harder for them to, to go yeah. in. If they That's are, true. and the, the, the caveat here is if, if they are ever likely to be dependent on on the, the public markets for raising capital, true. because you, yep. Yep. because you've got a stink, you trade at a lower multiple. Because you trade a lower multiple, you have to give away yep. more yep. shares to raise money. Therefore, yep. that the cost of that money is higher. It's more dilutive, etc., etc. Et and that 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 is a real world impact mm. from right or wrong. That that's just kind of the the um, the way it, the way it kind of tends tends to play out. So, yeah, yeah, but, that's true. That's true. You know, I, I think I think um, I think with there's actually uh, there's quite a well actually quite a few there was a number of people I remember about a year ago making a pretty good case for a lot of these businesses on the fact that mm-hmm. the personal preferences aside and beliefs aside it's just like yeah. this stuff even under the best case scenarios with with transitioning mm-hmm. and stuff going on this is going to be used for a while my gosh it's yeah. really really cheap you know yeah. even if they just in fact as we've talked about before in comparison with the tobacco companies because mm-hmm. there is there is this difficulty in the, in the industries a lot of these companies aren't reinvesting into new mines and capacities and oil wells and etc cetera, etc cetera. it's mm-hmm. actually it means a lot of free cash flow 
of yeah. existing assets. Um, so it's been it's been, and I'm, I think I mentioned a few months ago. I was like, I was actually thinking about the that as a as a play. Is, is that mm-hmm. the the thing that's put me off a lot of these companies? Just again, putting ethics and personal beliefs aside, yeah. has has yeah. always been that yeah. Even when you do make money, the trouble is you've got to reinvest that to replace the the, the declining mm-hmm. assets that you do have. Because yeah. no matter how good the oil well or the coal mine, it just gets less and less each year. And eventually, mm-hmm. you've got to develop a new one to replace it. And so the, the money never really makes its way into shareholder pockets. When the dynamic changes, it's just like actually we're just going to mm-hmm. really pull back on that. But we're going to keep operating what we've already got. That changes yeah. things significantly. I wish I'd followed through on it now that I see <laughs> the price of it. Anyway, Mate, there's, there's an argument I've I've heard recently. Um, I think it was Chris Conway, I think, from memory, and lost works for Marcus today, I think. And he was making the case that he thinks there's a decent case for underpinning coal because the whole thing has become so persona non grata. No new coal mines are ever going to get uh, get get approved. Yeah, and so you've kind of got this this case of like if he's right. Um, We've kind of got maximum ex- maximum volume right now, which will only dwindle as supply comes off, as coal mines get kind of effectively end of life. Yep. Then even though there's there's smaller numbers of um, uh, coal-fired power stations producing it because people are moving to renewables, at the same time, you've got demand, uh, sorry, supply also dwindling just by natural exhaustion at the same time. Yep. Do you, do you have a, have you thought through that? Do you have a yeah, definitely. as a long-term investment? Yeah, yep. So for me, the the... The critical thing would be to understand the intent of management and the board. Mm. So as we've used the example before, so sorry to repeat myself, but Philip Morris was an incredible investment if you'd bought it in the 80s through to now, even though smoking rates have fallen off a cliff. Yeah. So if you had gone back in the time machine and said like just yeah. going to be higher taxes, people are going to stop. Yeah. It's great, great for sell, society. Sell Morris by Qantas. You know, solve, and you right? think what a terrible. What a talk about a headwind. This company is trying to sell more and more yeah. and more in yeah. a in a world which just doesn't want it as much anymore. But yeah. they've done incredibly well because they just said, okay, well, mm. let's just let's just we will just continue to make the bare minimum investments mm. to keep mm. things ticking mm. over. And we'll sell what they can. And and they just so they traded at low multiples, which meant that investors then got a very high yield, and and all of the cash that they virtually all the cash they made they paid out to shareholders. So you just got these incredible high yields for many 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 years, and you just made out like a bandit. So in the case of a, a Whitehaven or just just a you know generic coal mine, if management said we've actually done all the heavy capex in developing the mine. We've just got a little bit of money, relatively little bit of money to keep the thing going. We are not going to spend a single cent on new, new asset development. We, are gonna, we think this mine life has got another 10, 15 years of capacity yeah, yeah. and we're just going to run it. And, we are, and then at the end of the day, when the last shovel of coal is d- dug up, we're going to shut the doors, sell out anything we've got and hand it all back to shareholders. I would, I would mm-hmm. buy in a heartbeat because under that scenario... Let's say it costs. Let's say I don't know coal prices. Let's say it costs you ten dollars to dig a ton out of the ground, and you get to sell anything. You get to sell it for. No, I'm talking about full delivery costs of everything, and you get to sell it for anything higher than that. And you know, it's like a decent margin. And you can do that for a long period of time. You can make a squillion dollars out of that, especially at periods at the moment we are able to sell it at many times the cost of production, incredible Mm -hmm. margins, Mm -hmm. and all of that cash flow just ends up in my and other shareholders' bank accounts. The, 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 the X factor there is is that there is nothing more dangerous 
than a management team with with a huge pile of cash that's burning <laughs> a hole in their pocket yeah. because exactly. they will no one wants to sort of no one plans yeah. to like transition themselves out of a job so you you've got all <laughs> well, of this money no, but yes exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. you you you're basically oh well maybe we could do this or maybe we could yeah. do that or maybe we'll move into lithium or maybe we'll do yeah. so and then then all of a sudden all this investment <laughs> risk comes onto the horizon and changes yeah. that picture yeah. but to that as i said if i could get a solemn pledge Hand on heart, you know, commitment that we are. That's that's our plan. Run run this through to 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 expiry. I think yeah. that it's incredible investment. Yes, it's uh, it's interesting. It also goes back though. Just before we finish up, to the comment we were having before about companies kind of conserving cash flow because that ca- big pile of money burning a hole in management's pockets is kind of the argument for dividend stocks a lot of the time too. And I'm yeah. I'm always caught somewhere between the two, right? Of like, yeah. if they pay it to me, at least they can't screw it up. Yep. On the other hand, I'm like. If I'm worried about them screwing it up, I probably don't deserve. I probably shouldn't be buying the company in the first place. Like it's a really interesting kind of. You tie yourself in knots trying to work out what do you want? Do you want a business to go? I'm going to all this. I'm going to use it all try and get growth. Like yeah, but that's kind of almost by definition super risky. All these buy now pay later guys trying to grow at the same time. The business the business is not big enough for all of them. It just isn't right. So yeah, yeah. like oh, I don't know. On the other hand. If they started paying out dividends instead, it's like, well, is that if I don't trust them enough to, to actually allocate the capital, what am I doing? And you know, I've talked about this before. I, mm. I think, you know, we, we overweight, uh, we maybe sometimes we're overconfident in management's ability to actually allocate capital well, but it, do, it does kind of raise that question of well, what do I really want? I'm not sure I know the answer all the time, but it's, a, it's an ongoing question. Yeah, there's trade offs with everything, right? There um, is. Yeah, but I, I do love that aspect of dividend-paying companies, where it, just, yeah. it forces a bit, <laughs> it forces a bit more discipline. We have said yeah. very, we are yeah. going to pay out a significant fraction of our earnings, mm-hmm. which means mm-hmm. that when a, do, a new op- investment opportunity does arrive, mm-hmm. you have to you have to think about it much more carefully. Um, yeah, because you just don't have this big pile of cash, or whatever cash you do have, you've sort of promised to someone else. And if you yeah. turn around and say, actually, no, we're not going to give it to you. I know we said we were, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Market's not going to be very kind to you, even if it's a great investment opportunity. So you you kind mm-hmm. of, yeah, <laughs> you can argue okay. it either way, can't you? You can, yeah, that's, which, which is part of the fun of investing. Mate, speaking of arguing the other way, speaking of answering questions, will you come back on Sunday for a uh, mailbag episode? 100% with bells on. Now, if you do want to contribute, you can contribute by asking us some questions or making comments. If you prefer, we have the occasional comment, uh, as Tony Jones would say. I'll take that as a comment. Uh, you can hit us up on all the usuals. So let's start with email, info, info at fool.com.au is the very best place to do it. If you've got a long one, if it's a shorter one, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, I'll give mine first. Don't send Andrew the questions. I mean, he's happy to send them through, but uh, I normally collate them. So let's go with um, let's go with that. Let's start with uh yeah, at TMF Scott P or at The Motley Fool AU. Uh, you can use those two on Instagram as well. If you're looking for Ram on Twitter, exclusively on Twitter still, in a deal with Elon and Jack, although Elon's walked away, Andrew is staying solid. He's that sort of bloke. Uh, at Sage underscore Simeon or at Strawman Invest. And if you're on Facebook, hit me up at Scott Phillips Money or The Motley Fool Australia. And if you wouldn't mind, I haven't asked for this for a little bit of time. If you're liking the podcast, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, would you please give us a five-star rating on iTunes? It helps the podcast bubble up to the top. It helps other people find it. it helps them know what they might be getting. Frankly, the name Motley Fool is not on everyone's uh, tip of everyone's tongue, and it can be a little bit, uh, what is that again? So you know by now, which we appreciate. Your fellow potential listeners may not. If you can give us a rating or a review, I would very, very much appreciate it. But until Sunday, fool on. Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener.
The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.